Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com <laughs> Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. www. <laughs> Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Dwayne Crawford, my friend, longtime amigo, compadre, troublemaker, reunited at last. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. How about yourself? You know, I, I complain about things, but nobody listens anyway, so I just kind of just let it ride. Kind of gave up on it, right? Yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I, see, there's no point to it. I, I speak, and then I'm like, hmm, I have a nine-year-old and a wife, and nobody's listening to what I have to say. I can relate so hard to that. <laughs> you, you got two, don't you? You got two kids, right? I do. Oof. I do. Yeah, it's fun. I was an only child myself, uh, but what I've realized, and he hasn't quite caught on to yet, is there's no, when you have two, there's somebody else to blame. You know, if something is amiss or not done or broken, you know, we're like, eh, it was you, dude. Like, there's no, right. there's no sibling to be like. <laughs> there's no one to blame. Sorry, man. Dad wasn't in here with the uh, making fucking slime, you know. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> but yeah, That's man. That's awesome. So we, uh, you and I met, I think it was it was really cool because it was, we put a, an active rock station on the air, uh, you know, almost six years ago. And uh, the first concert that the station had done um, was Royal Bliss and Boba Flex. And it was uh, a show in Wisconsin in, I believe it was February. I think we had yep. a wind chill advised for about 46 below zero. Yep. And sold it that. <laughs> sold so it bad. <laughs> so bad. Neil came into the into the studio and I he looked like he had just like it was some sort of Eskimo attire and then like we got down to the venue and there was people. I mean it's Wisconsin, people are kind of used to that that kind of environment. So they're just like standing outside of the door of the venue waiting to get in. And you guys are inside the venue. We did a little meet and greet thing, still all bundled up like <laughs> it's still fucking cold in here, man. But it was a sold out <laughs> show, man. It got hot that night. It was sold out. It was amazing. So that's how we first crossed paths in life. Absolutely. Not one of our best decisions to make it to Wisconsin in February, but hey, you know, I'll I, take it. <laughs> I, I did notice. I did notice after that show, rarely, if ever, did the Royal Bliss bus make it north of the Mason-Dixon line, you know, anytime really between like November and about March 15th. You know, there was you know, some routing was done a little bit better after that. You know, we, we would try. Um I, it feels like every year we would end up in lacrosse yeah. every winter. Um, I don't know why in Michigan, which is another one of those just terrible places. Um, but for whatever reason, it never stopped us. <laughs> no, can't stop it. Now I want to uh, t- take you back to before the Royal Bliss days. Cause uh, obviously the band based out of, uh, out of Utah, uh, a place where you still uh, reside, call home to this day. Um, how does one go from Atlanta, Georgia 
to Salt Lake City, Utah. I mean, did you take a wrong turn? It feels like you were going to California and like your car broke down. You're like, well, shit, since I'm here. <laughs> well, um, you know, originally I I was actually going to be living in Atlanta and just traveling back and forth being in bliss. I actually joined bliss living in, in Atlanta. And um, what happened at that point was um, I flew out, Taylor picked me up from the airport and I pretty much fell in love with the place. The second we were joining uh, or kind of switching over to the uh, to the interstate, and I saw downtown and saw the mountains in the background, it blew my mind. Just absolutely blew my mind. So I kind of fell in love with the place, and I ended up moving about two weeks later. Yeah, so I feel like Salt Lake is one of those places that obviously it's it's a it's a metropolitan area. It's, it's a larger city, but it feels like it's one of those places that kind of gets lost in the in the shuffle of like big beautiful cities in America. It's weird. Yeah, you know a, a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people don't know what to think when you tell them you live in Salt Lake City. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> are like what? first off where is that? Second off, why isn't it somewhere I've heard about more often? But to be honest, I mean I've I've been to 48 states and I I'd say Salt Lake City is one of my favorite cities. I mean hands down it's just it's beautiful, it's clean. Uh the people here are wonderful. I mean, I, I've been here nearly 10 years. I love it. Where did music find its way into your life that, that it became, you know, a passion for you, a career path that, you know, you decided, now this is, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna leave Atlanta and you know, I'm going to pursue music. Uh, I'm going to be on a, a bus or a sprinter or a van with a bunch of dudes uh, traveling to godforsaken Wisconsin in February. You know, this, this is, you know, this is my, uh, this is my path. Where, where was, where did you first pick up, you know, the guitar, the bass guitar and music uh, in your life? Well, I, I've been in bands since I was about 15, which mm. obviously is a, means a completely different thing at the age of 15. Right. But, um, I started touring at 17. Um, I was lucky enough to, I guess, trick some older guys into thinking that I was good enough to play for them. So uh, I, I did a lot of Southeast kind of like regional touring when I was 17, 18. Um, at 21, I, I got hired to be a touring musician for, for a band. Um, and then at 23, I was hired for another band doing a, a full national tour opening for Bliss, which is actually how I ended up meeting them in the first place. And then uh, when Tommy left, which was the bass player I replaced, mm. um, Tommy ended up reaching out. Uh, well, Tommy had told them that they should reach out to me, so they had started calling me. And uh, yeah, it's it's just been my life. I mean, I'm 34 years old. I've been doing it for literally half my life at this point. Yeah, and you've you've been able to, you know, like you said, see 99% of the country. Uh, you know, travel everywhere, uh, see almost everything, you know, play with, you know, when you hit those festival, that festival circuit, you know, you're playing with a lot of bands, probably, you know, some idols, some heroes. Oh yeah. You know, where, you know, when you are on the road that much, and then we talked about in the open, you know, having kids, having a family, um, and Royal Bliss being one of those bands, you know, I like in like Boba Flex and even the guys in Wayland who, uh, especially in, in, you know, the first, you know, and they had a song that hit and hit charts. All of a sudden, you're on the road. And for you guys and, and those other bands I mentioned, it seems like it was almost a constant thing, always on the road, always doing, even if it was a short run, it was a short break, and then right back on the road. What kind of toll does that take, you know, not only physically on you, but, you know, the strain of being away from, you know, from home, from family, you know, for long periods of time and, and you know, the 
once you get up to Wisconsin, things just get messy in general. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it's um, it's it, it's tough. It's it's always been a love hate thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's you're out there, you're doing what you love. You know what I mean? And everybody thinks it's just this this wonderful thing. And at times it is. It's it's great. But um, being away from family, it's it's tough. You know, taking taking time to call your kids. Luckily, we have, you know, things like FaceTime, Skype. Um, so you get to see, I mean, like you and I are doing right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> see our beautiful you know, faces. Yeah, miss your face. But yeah, it's um, it's it's a tough situation because – you know, you, you want to be grateful while you're out there and, and you are grateful, but at the same time, you're, you're getting beat up, you know, both physically, mentally. Um, it's not always a great situation for the, for the spouses back home or girlfriends or whatever you got. And your kids don't understand that you're going out and you're actually working. And in this day and age, you've, you've got to tour so much because it's the only thing that can't be pirated, that can't be stolen from you. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's your guaranteed income is touring. Uh, with, with, you know, music piracy and everything else, bands have had to get creative and, and basically live on the road and sell merchandise day in and day out. But, um, you know, I also want to point out, I don't think anybody stays on the road as much as Wayland. <laughs> <Those guys. laughs> no, no. They live no, in no. that bus, man. It's crazy. No, we had, uh, I had Phil on, uh, one of my first episodes that they happen to be shockingly in town. Um, and, and I, I talked to him about that too. And, and for those guys, you know, not having, uh, and, and maybe it's different, you know, when you have, you don't have the wives and, and, uh, and kids back at home, you know, I think the, the road almost becomes that that's your family. You know, that's why, you know, you, you kind of continue to go back to these places. Cause you know, at least, you know, when those guys are in town, I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, come over, grab a hot shower, you know, throw some laundry in, you know, do a, you know, have a moment that's not you know, inside a venue or sound check or going to planet fitness to, you know, take a shower. So, um, yeah, you know, that's, I, I was always amazed by that cause they, you know, they did, I know you guys did as well. Um, just constantly tour because it is the industry has changed so much. And then the, the dreams I think of, uh, young musicians growing up and, you know, MTV, I think being during a certain time period before they went off the rails, um, <clears throat> kind of portrayed this lifestyle like man if i if i pick up a guitar or pick up an instrument or i can sing and here you know here is a visual stimulant of what's waiting on the other side you know right it's a motley crew video just fucking waiting to happen like that like you know and you have you know these kids these garage bands going yeah you know i'm gonna pursue that and and some can make it and, and some can't but i think you know when you look at not even 2019 but the last decade or so you know with the I want to say demise of Truster Radio. I mean, I spent 20 years of my life doing it, but you know, you could de- we could tell in radio how it had changed because of the fact that all of a sudden, I mean, bands were constantly stopping by. It became part of you know, here we are in you know market we were market 236, and and all these bands are stopping by just because they they wanted to get you know an extra five or ten people out, you know, and we have band members directly pushing, you know, singles out, you know, to us personally, because they, you know, got to get those people to the venue because it's not sell a million records, you know, get the cash, they're paying for the bus, you know, girls by the wayside. It's just, that's just not the way it works. And with streaming now and YouTube and all these other avenues for people to, to get music, nobody's going and popping down 
you know, fourteen ninety nine for a, a CD anymore. It's just not not how it works. Nope, not at all. And you know, I, I, it's kind of a. I think streaming is kind of a necessary evil, to be honest with you, because you're reaching a fan base that you would not have otherwise reached. Right. But at the same time, it's taking from you financially. So you've got to get more creative, which also for the lower level bands makes it more difficult because they've got to make X amount of dollars to even get to the next city. Mm-hmm. And it's there's just this huge cramp on lower to mid-level bands that's really just crippling the industry. And to be honest, I mean, I, I've been out of it nearly two years now uh, with my departure from Bliss. And, you know, I can't say I'm angry about it. Yeah. It's, I, I, I enjoyed, obviously I enjoy performing. I enjoy the musical aspect, but I still write at home. I still get to, you know, do my thing mm-hmm. with a lot of my friends with technology these days. I can, I can connect with anyone I want to, to write music, but you know, it's, it's such a rat race. It's so difficult to just stay afloat. And I mean, even a band that's seemingly doing well, uh, can have its tough points. You know what I mean? I mean, there's just not enough money to go around in the industry anymore. And it's, it's basically due to, uh, streaming piracy and, and just overall music theft. Do you, uh, when you look at, you know, the, well, kind of stick specifically in the rock genre, do you feel like there is, um, the big bands there, there doesn't seem to be a rotation of talent moving to an A level. You know, if you if you're a chart watcher, I never really was as a program director. But if you watch the charts, there's five or six bands that constantly go from debut to top ten to one, hold one, and then you know eventually fall out just in time for single two to come out. And there's five or six of those bands that, um, and really, if you want to look across any festival poster that's yep. across the country. Um, it's really a rotation of the same five or six, you know, there's, there's some that, uh, that have had some longevity. You know, I look at guys like Manson and, and zombie who are, you know, touring together right now, you know, they're not, they're not even at that level where they're popping out singles and boom, they're going to one, but they have a catalog of, you know, 90 minutes worth of songs. Everybody knows that they can come out and, and perform. So do you feel like that the industry is keeping those, low to mid-level bands from making that, you know, it should be cyclical. It should move in a, not that the bands on top should go away, but the low to mid-level should, you should move from low to mid and then, you know, whatever happens, the graces of, uh, you know, the industry uh, insiders that go, oh, well, now that you're a mid, you know, we can put you up here. Um, right. You know, with the big boys. Is is there a force keeping down bands from, you know, getting that ideal success that I think, you know, when I mentioned Motley Crue videos that just, you know, won't let the, won't let the little guys get up or they're handpicking bands to be the next big one. You know, I, I, I think it's a combination of record labels and record labels involvement with terrestrial radio. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a hand in hand marriage that honestly, I mean, they, they work seamlessly together. They're not allowed to say that they get, you know, radio is not allowed to say that they get paid, uh, right. but they get, they get their perks. They get their benefits from these record labels to to spin these singles, and not in market that's great. Not in market two thirty six. I'm still sure. waiting, I'm still waiting, <laughs> waiting for those checks to come. If anybody wants to PO box them to me, that'd be great. But no, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. In the top one hundred markets, yeah, I, I feel that. 
it's just, it's insane. And you're right. It is the same five or six bands and, and that's great. You know, good for them. They're going to have the longevity it's going to carry out, but it's keeping a lot of really good bands from being able to make it to a point that they can carry on and, and have a successful career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to, uh, I was talking to Matt, uh, Dorito from pop evil uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, another one of those bands that, you know, really did a lot of their stuff early on, on their own. Um, you know, kept their things independent. Um, you know, they have a great team behind them. Um, but they were like the anomaly. They were the band that was dropping songs that were charting well, moving up the charts, constantly touring, and still would get the three o'clock slot at a festival. And, and, and he even said that he's like, we've, you know, we've, they caught on at the tail wave of, of kind of the terrestrial radio tidal wave of everybody jump on board and here we go, you know, we're going to skyrocket over. And they kind of fell into the, you know, the undertow of that. So they, you know, they themselves feel like, you know, we're kind of the biggest smaller band that there is out there. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I look at that, you know, pop evil being kind of the band that is still kind of up and everybody else is kind of falling in the wash a little bit with, the way radio is going. Um, I think there's some great artists out there that are, have really embraced technology and have, have solely focused. They've taken their focus away from terrestrial radio and have really focused on streaming. They focused on, you know, lining up their own tours, being in charge of their own music, finding different avenues to get, you know, their songs out to people. But it's, it's still such a tough road. I mean, you know, you and I have, uh, you know, been in cahoots for five years and, and on and off in different shows. And, and we've talked about this and a lot of bands like, you know, that were at a Royal bliss level or around there have all kind of said the same thing. And I think when you watch it and, and we'll talk about the departure from bliss here, cause you see that in a lot of other bands too, is, you know, it's, it's a tough toll, you know, it's the family Absolutely. toll and it's like, Oh my God, we, you know, when you get off the road and you have a break and you go, okay, well, here's, here's what we got. You know, here's the here's yep. the end result, and you go, well, shit. Uh, you know, okay, <laughs> I can, what do I do I now? Can, I can pay. Uh, yeah, you, you got to find you know other you know side jobs and different things to do, and um, so it's just it, the industry itself is. It's gonna, I, you know, I feel a major change is probably coming. Um, you know, with the reliance on on terrestrial radio, um, I. I don't know that XM, you know, Sirius XM is, has really taken on, you know, it, everybody always says, oh yeah, we're top five on the, you know, th- the numbers of, of XM are still pretty low. But when you start to look at individuals that are streaming, that's how the music's getting out. It's figuring out a, a way to monetize that for the artists because eventually someone's going to go, why the fuck am I doing this? Like what? Yes. Yeah. Art, creativity and writing and, and getting your songs out there is great, but some people want to eat. Exactly. You know, some people want to be able to, you know, have a home or be able to afford children. They're not cheap. Those little bastards cost money. Every oh my single god! Day. Right? You know? Tell me about it. Right before this podcast, my son all of a sudden wanted like a new tire pump for his bike. I'm like, so off we went to the hardware store and bought. You know, I'm like, dude, like every every day you cost me money. But without, you know, as an artist, as a musician without some sort of income coming in from the streaming devices. And it's so minute. I mean, I'm not even sure if it counts as we're going to be able to survive off of this, but no, I, it feels like there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> I, 
emphatically said, no, you no. can no, you cannot. <laughs> but I, I feel like there's there's gonna have to, you know, there's gonna have to be a come to Jesus moment, I think, with uh, absolutely with artists and the industry and and I think even you know with the demise not I hate, I hate saying demise because it feels like I'm jaded because I'm I'm out of radio now but with how the move away from terrestrial radio continues and will continue with technology to advance and smart cars and all this other stuff that's out here you know they're going to have to find a different way those folks that you talked about at the record labels are going to have to find different avenues to get paid and be able to afford the really nice tour buses and the, you know, lavish, yep. you know, oh, we have a, well, yeah, we're going to do a one-off here in, you know, Wisconsin. Well, who wants to take a flight from Southern California to the Chippewa Valley Regional Airport? It's not cheap, you know, the airport's exactly. this exactly you know? Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting, uh, you know, next five to 10 years in the industry to see where, where it goes and, you know, kind of who, who survives, I want to say the cut, but who's going to cut their teeth and it's know. there's going to be a cut for yeah. sure. There's going to be a lot of bands that just can't do it. Um, I mean, it, it's, it gets more and more scarce every year and all of those expenses, as far as the bands doing a one-off because the record label recommends it, the band's paying for that. Mm-hmm. That's coming out of the band funds. So, you know, you, you figure you fly a band, you fly crew. I mean, you're, you're in the hole thousands of dollars on some of these tours or some of these one-off dates and, yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And then there's a new thing where all the lower level bands are are paying to get on these tours. They'll pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars to a big name band that's, you know, making money just so they can get in front of a six o'clock audience as people are coming in the doors at an arena gig to play yeah. for a couple thousand people. It's it's, it's awful. Yeah, I don't miss I, it. <laughs> I don't miss it at all. I am not sad. I sleep well. Life is good. I do. Yeah. I do. <laughs> you know, it, 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 you know, hearing the numbers, you know, I've, I've obviously worked with, you know, with local festivals and you hear the exorbitant amount and it continues to grow. And it's this way, not only rock, but it's in country too. I mean, and I think yeah. it, and, and country's weird, you know, cause I've, I've, I have dabbled in my career in, in country. I know you guys have a little yeah. bit too. It is, it amazes me the differences between rock and country rock. You better have like five or six solid songs before we know who you are in country. You need one. You need one, one song, not even a whole, you can just have a catchy chorus and they're like, yep, that girl or yep, that guy. And all of a sudden they're co-headlining at these major festivals, you know, underneath a, a Blake Shelton or, you know, somebody who's, who has some longevity and is, but the, the money they're pulling in, for a one festival gig, and I get it, that money's not going, it's getting split, but holy shit. Like I'll tell one you this, gig. as a playing a side stage, when, when Bliss was doing the country thing, mm-hmm. playing a side stage, our first time playing these festivals, no charting singles. We had a, we had a single on CMT. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like real basic stuff. New, new band to the country world. We were making double playing the country festivals than we would make in some of the really good slots we'd get on rock festivals. There's that much more money in it. It's, it's insane. Absolutely insane. But the other thing is what you have to look at is market reach Yeah. because you could, you could chart in country, you could chart like 30 or 25. I can't remember. Neil and I actually did the math 
mm-hmm. a few years ago, and and uh, I know it's only just increased, but you could chart it like thirty, and it's still more plays than the number one at rock radio. Like if you look at the actual like numbers, numbers of how many down. spins they're getting, it's insane. It's like three to one country stations over rock stations these days. And I know there is there's a split in country. Um, you know there is especially more recently there's been a split. I think between those who are so hardcore, the old country sound, and then those who are, you know, basically Garth on, you know, Garth changes the game and then everybody, then the sound just kind of adapts. And now, you know, now Nelly is on, you know, country radio and, you know, people's minds are blown, but that split has, all they did was spawn more country stations. It spawned country stations that specifically stopped at at an era and said, okay, we're not playing anything before here and they're doing really well because they have their own core audience and then the new country stations are just blowing it up i mean and they're just pounding out new artists it feels like daily it feels like yeah absolutely and you know the thing is is they'll they'll sustain because they've adapted yeah they're not they're not stuck in a formula and i know a lot of people want to talk trash and say all country you know all new country sounds the same but guess what all new country was willing to adapt Mm -hmm. And move into this this realm where now not only are they getting the country guys and girls that are listening to radio, they're getting pop. Mm-hmm. They're getting this huge audience. I mean, they're they're basically <laughs> monopolizing uh, radio at this point because they're they're willing to adapt. There are there are country artists that are out there that that have kind of a rock and roll sound, yeah. and they're gathering that audience too. They're willing to adapt, and and it it shows. I don't think rock radio was willing to do that. For a while, there were so many bands that were coming out that everything sounded machined. Everything mm-hmm. sounded like it came off of an assembly line. Yep. And those are the bands that were doing well for a while. And that was it. It, it was mm-hmm. very limited. And that's exactly why the number one on rock radio has less plays than the number 25 or the number 30 on country radio. Yeah, and I think rock radio has... It, it has the difference between rock radio and country radio is that Country was, like you said, willing to adapt to say, we're going to, we don't need to have, you know, George Strait's going to probably come out with another song at some point, just because he's, you know, he's George Strait. But we don't need to have, we don't need to have this genre of our our format to be successful, where rock, I think, still believes, and maybe it is a necessity, that, that rock radio can't live without Nirvana. It can't live without grunge. It can't live without 90s. And it can't live without handpicked songs from prior to that. It can't live right. without, um, you know, Motley Crue, and it can't live without, you know, Metallica, and still probably can't live without Metallica and Judas Priest. You know, the found the the founders of the metal format. But what what happens is that now you have such a divided and country fans seem to be more accepting of of sounds. Where you guys probably felt this, where rock fans are in their lane. And oh yeah, some, some some can be broad. I I, I mean, I would listen to, to Kings of Leon and listen to you know Slayer. You know, so it, but a lot of times it's I'm in this I'm in the Slayer lane and fuck everybody else who's not yep. you know over here or sounds like it or tries if they even try to sound like them, and then you you try to get in some of these more pop sounding acts or or band you know bands that don't have that that sound or even like a Greta Von Fleet who comes out sounding like Zeppelin and people either go oh my god this is amazing or what the hell is this doing on my radio 
Right. It's they're they're just I understand the angst within rockets kind of what we're known for and you know, we're the rebels and but all we kind of do is just piss on each other. We're like, now fuck you and your band and your band too and my band's the best and it's yep. you know, and, <laughs> and to try to and to try to have a radio station to try to have a format that you can you know, cultivate new artists and bring them in and different sounds and, you know, people that aren't being pushed by a label. It's tough. It is a, yeah. it's a tough road to hoe, as they say. Absolutely. So you um, made the decision um, to leave the band. Um, it was one of, you know, there was of a lot of the bands I mentioned, and I mentioned those because to me, you know, you guys, you know, the Wayland guys, Bubble Flex guys, you know, Adelaide's Way, there's a handful of other artists, especially because they were up here a lot. Um, that we became friends with that, you know, we knew all the members, um, you know, when you see kind of a, a guy leave and you understand the circumstances, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You right. were, you were the first one when you left, I was like, oh shit. Like what, what, <laughs> what, what happened? Because you know, I think, you know, you know, crisis started hit, you know, right when we did that first show together Yeah. and, and, and the success, you know, was, was building the, the show, you know, the tour dates were, were constant and there was few breaks. Um, and we developed, I know you did this in a lot of other markets too. I, you know, namely lacrosse, um, Jimmy's juke joint up in bloomer. Um, you know, I'm just I'm targeting, <laughs> you know, locations, Yeah. but you know, built this kind of this, this fan base, you know, this real grassroots fan base. Um, so every time a song would come out for us who didn't look at the charts, Royal Bliss has a new song. And, and so the success regionally, locally was, was noticeable. Um, the decision to leave, uh, when I, when I saw, I don't know if it's a, a Facebook post or, or how I found out about it. I mean, I, it was, it was shocking to me. How was that decision-making process for you? You know, um, I think for me, it, it, it kind of just got to a point that I wasn't enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I caught myself up in the business aspect, uh, entirely too much. And I think, I think with touring kind of taking toll and, and just a lot of factors of being in a band that I, that I won't dive into, Yeah, <laughs> I get it. but, um, you know, it's, it's just after a while, when you start realizing that you don't like who you're becoming and you're becoming an unpleasant person, um, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I was an asshole a lot. Uh, I just got to a point I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to be out there anymore. I didn't want to I didn't want to deal with everything. It wasn't worth the 90 minutes that I got to perform a night that I truly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. The work leading up to it just was not fulfilling for me anymore. Right. Um, that and you know just the whole struggle of being a mid-level band and, mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, as a business, we were really successful. But the business obviously has a lot of expenses. Right. And, you know, as an individual, you know, we weren't necessarily making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that struggle and that stress obviously comes home. And, and um, you know, you add all that stuff together and, and kind of put it in a pot and stir it up over time. It's going to start getting a little crazy. And mm-hmm. I, I think my my realization was just kind of coming through and, and doing the festival circuit in 2017 mm-hmm. early on in, in May and just kind of realizing like, I'm not happy out here. And, 
So, you know, it was kind of a, it was a mutual decision to be right. perfectly honest with mm -hmm. you. It was one of those things that, um, was brought up because I was, I was being a miserable human being. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I was, I was thankful. It, it made a very difficult decision easy for me when it was brought up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we parted amicably. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually did a, an entire month of, of dates after this conversation, this incredibly awkward conversation of, <laughs> of, you know, Hey, you've been an asshole. Hey, yeah, I've been really unhappy. Yeah. You know, you're not happy doing this anymore. No, I'm not. So we, we decided that, uh, my last run was September, 2017. Mm -hmm. And I actually, my last dates were in Wisconsin. Of course. Go they figure. Were. Of course. They go were. go I mean, figure. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to go, go with a bang is what they say. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You know, so you know, I talked to a lot of artists, um, you know, the road, the road can harden you, you know, it can, it, what we see as, as fans of, of a band or of an artist, um, you know, we get that 90 minutes that you spoke of, that's what we get to witness. You know, we get to see right. the, um, and, and maybe for some, some more hardcore fans, you know, you get to see a little more, whether you, you know, follow them on social media, you get to see some behind the scenes stuff, you do the meet and greet, you know, you guys, sure. you know, hanging out afterwards. That was, you know, a part of the, the Royal bliss thing as well. Um, so, you know, you elongate that into, you know, four or five hours out of a, out of a show day. Um, but you know what we don't, when the fans go home, however they get there, God messy, but <laughs> you know, where are we in bloomer? How the fuck are we going to get home? Uh, follow the bus. But you know, Fans get to go, they get to go home. And then, you know, the day after you know, or that night that they, they had to post the pictures of the good times sure. and friends, you know, the, the concerts are that camaraderie, you know, they're bringing people together and, and fans meeting fans or, you know, getting a, a night out and, uh, you know, witnessing something. And you get to kind of live off that enjoyment of that one night for a sure. week or, or however, and it pops up in your memories a year later and you're like, oh, that was an amazing night. You know, so what we don't see is you guys, after everybody else goes home, Brian Simpson puts the bottle of Jameson away, or it's empty. You, you pack up, you get on the get on the bus, and you're off to the next show. You know, you're off to the next, and then it's lather, rinse, repeat, and over Absolutely. and over again. So five, six days a week. Yeah, it's it's got to. You mentioned taking a toll and changing you into a different person, uh, a person you didn't like. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a hardening thing, and I can I can see how that over and over and over again. And yeah. as much as, as much as you love fans, I mean, you, you love them because they support your music, because they sing along, because they provide you with that outlet. But I can see after several years and end of a long run or a long summer and just going, Oh my God, fucking people like <laughs> lock me into a quiet room and you know, let me have <laughs> some, you know, a safe you room know, for a week. For, for me, it, it, and this is, this is kind of going to that whole you know, the part people don't see. I mean, even following people on social media, social media is designed, I mean, you know, as well as, as I do, um, you don't put the real stuff out there. Right. You know what I mean? You're a persona, mm -hmm. you're, you're a rock star, you're a, an actor, whatever. And so what you're, what you're doing out there is you're, you're, you're creating this like, Oh, everything's great. Everything's amazing. You know, everything's a blast. And what people don't understand is, they don't see you when you're, when you're at home, you're off the road and you're having to, 
you're having to book your tours because we were an independent band, you know, and a lot of independent bands go through this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after a while you lose the drive for that, but you're, you're booking your own tours. You're, you're advancing all of your shows, making sure every single show that you've got has all your technical information. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of work. Then you load in and, and, you know, we, we weren't at a, you know, a shine down or a five finger death punch or a hailstorm level where we have a crew that does everything, every single thing for us. So right. we're loading in, we're setting up, we're sound checking, we're, you know, so our day started at two o'clock in the afternoon for load in. You load in, you set up, you sound check. That was a, a two to five schedule. You do a, a VIP or a meet and greet or something like that for an hour. You've got a couple of hours to eat dinner, maybe shower or something like that. And then the show starts. I mean, you're looking at you're looking at 12 hour days, which is, again, you know, it it sounds bad when you're complaining about a 12 hour day in rock and roll. But, you know, five, six days a week, you're doing shots with fans after the shows and sleeping in a moving vehicle. And, you know, it it wears on you. Mm It really wears on you and, and the amount of work that you're putting into it at home. Like you're not off when you're off the road, you're at home, you're, 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 you're booking your tour, you're keeping your business alive and afloat. And it's just, it's a constant thing. There's right. never any real time off. Yeah. And not to mention, you know, trying to keep, you know, new music and trying, you know, to yeah. write and to, you know, plan. Are we, are we doing a record? Are we doing an EP? Are we going to release a single? You know, I think the glory of technology has made maybe that process of getting a single out or getting, you know, it, that's made it easier to get to, to the fan base. But again, you know, the check, the check doesn't come in with a lot of zeros on the end of it. You know, even once you put a song out or any zeros and just the change zero, but you know, it's, uh, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with the social media aspect of it because you it's life in filters. It's, you don't see the, the fights with the kids. You see them when they're being good and they're like, Oh look, he's doing something adorable. Take a picture of it. You know, where's right. my, where's my dad of the year belt? I can hold it over my shoulder and point, point it. Yeah. That, see that shit. Yeah. I took him to the pool. Yeah. What do I win? <laughs> Cost me money. Um, exactly. And that's exactly, you know, and that's, that's downtime. And you got, you know, obviously with doing a lot of tours during, during summer, you know, and I guess I, we have four seasons up here, so maybe you don't get to enjoy the everything shuts down from fucking November until, you know, March, maybe April. Um, but to be able to enjoy like family time, you know, when you're off the road yeah. and you're doing all the things that you mentioned and trying to write new songs and then, you know, planning rehearsals and then, all right, it's time for the next six week run or however long you guys would go out. Oh, yeah. I guess I we should do something family. I leave in. 48 hours, you know, you add that dimension of stress on there. And yeah, there's, there's all of that. And then you're booking shows regionally while you're off the road to, you know, to make ends meet. So even, even, you know, every Friday, Saturday that you have at home, you you don't get those as date nights or or nights to take the kids to do anything because you're trying to keep a check in your pocket. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, it was just a never ending cycle there was no downtime and it really just started wearing on me and then you take that and the stress of you know struggling as a business to Mm. to stay afloat and uh you know just fighting this machine is what it feels like you're just fighting this this 
this machine of the industry yeah. and it's just it beat me up yeah so when you left um i know that obviously you said the the split was was amicable um was there have you noticed i guess now in, in almost two years that that people who you thought would be there that de- friendships that you developed over you know your your time in the band or your time in music that once you were out of it they weren't there i mean did you notice any of that or has everybody been kind been supportive of of your decision and you know i i've had a lot of support yeah. um actually um all the people that I considered to be friends, mm-hmm. um, whether, you know, in other touring bands or, you know, people like yourself, um, I've stayed pretty close. I mean, there are even venue contacts that I don't book with anymore, obviously, that I still reach out to and, and you know, have random conversations with. So I, I would say that overall, it was a pretty, pretty smooth thing for me. And I, I haven't really noticed anything like that. Yeah, I know when I when I left uh, when I left radio, the, the and I had obviously had a lot of uh, people in the industry, um, uh, read name drop you, um, others that have, have been on the podcast, people that reached out right away, you know, indie label guys um, that I've worked with over the years that were very supportive and encouraged me to get back in the radio, and I was like, yeah, yeah. kind of kind of <laughs> got an exit ramp handed to me, and I'm not really too sad about the uh, you know what had happened, but you know what I, what I did realize and, and maybe it's, it's, it's tough for, you know, obviously I had friends on social media that were f- friends of mine because of the fact that I was the guy who was talking on the radio and I was like, Hey, here's Royal bliss. And they're, Hey, you know, Hey, you going to the show? Are we going to do this? And you know, so there was, right. we weren't like hanging out, but we right. were, you know, acquaintances because of, you know, they were fans of the station and they were fans of, a, you know, artists that we played. Um, you know what I I did notice is that those like those people were like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, uh, I don't care about your kid pictures anymore. Like, you know, it's cute before. You know, when they were when you know, he was with Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. You know, when he's hanging out with you at the pool, it's not that right. cool. Um, but I think that's you know that's part of I think when you when you get out of I want to say a spotlight, but when you get out of a uh, a, a constant tool to communicate with other people, uh, to speak to them right. and to, and really to, you know, in, in my profession and in your profession, super serve them what they came for. You know, they sure. came to a show to see, you know, a show you delivered that for them. They listened to my station for, you know, the music they wanted to hear entertainment, local news, you know, the stuff that they came for. So it's not like we're come to my restaurant. Oh, I want a taco as well. We're serving pizza here, you know? So they, it was weird to see, you know, after leaving radio, um, not just the, um, the listeners that were, you know, there's, a, there's still a handful that are, are very supportive. They listen to the podcast and I, and I appreciate all of them, but the ones that were like super hardcore are like, yeah, who's the new guy? Yeah. What's his name? Let me get, let me get a hold of him. Right. Okay. Go for it. But you know, I, to add on to that, I would say that the people, at least for me, the people that I lost in that kind of mm situation aren't really the ones that that I really can you know what I mean like I'm not upset about any of those people that I that I lost the people that were obviously there for a reason I I get that Um, but I've I've had a lot of support I've had a lot of people reach out in regards to asking if I'm doing any new music or anything like that Mm -hmm. so it's it's been cool 
And your response to them is, are you working on stuff? Are you, are you doing things? I, are you fiddling you know, around I, a little bit? I am. I am, but I'm, I'm doing it casually. Like I'm, I, I, I do a little, a little bit of writing with my buddy, um, Chris from the band brother gray. Mm. Um, I do a little bit of writing with a buddy of mine, Jimmy in Washington state. It's just, you know, it's a slow process. Everybody's got jobs and you, you work it here and there, but I, I have no interest in putting myself in another band situation <laughs> in another touring band situation. Right. You know what I mean? So, so you, you leave Royal bliss, you know, that I mean, you just mentioned the touring band part of it is done for you. And the next thing I read from your filtered, filtered life, <laughs> filtered life of, uh, of Dwayne Crawford and what he's up to, uh, tour manager, for Stormy Daniels. Yes. It, yes. Was there a, did you know Stormy beforehand or was this something like, I, cause I, I mean, I, I look at job openings all the time and I never see something of that magnitude. <laughs> like, I'm like Google. So I'm like, no, I'm fine. like I could, I'm, no, 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 nobody's hiring. Nobody's looking for that no. gig. <laughs> so was there a relationship I, there before? Yeah. So I, I've actually known her for, uh, almost 11 years now. Yeah. Um, I actually met her on the same tour that I met bliss, which is pretty interesting. Um, I was touring in a band that hired me out of Tampa, Florida mm. when I was still living in Atlanta, did the tour with bliss, literally left from there, went to LA to shoot a music video and she directed the music video. So her and I just kind of connected. I was the one guy in the band that wasn't like this, creepy weirdo that really cared who she was. Yeah. I was just a real person. Mm. And, and, um, after that tour, I actually left that tour because the, uh, the guitar player was the money guy. He wasn't just an older guy that woke up one day and decided he wanted to be a rock star and spend all of his wife's money, um, to do so. And, uh, he and I got into it in LA and I ended up flying home from the tour, but, Anyhow, um, like a month later, she was in Atlanta for her birthday, mm -hmm. uh, performing at the, the Pink Pony. And uh, so she invited me down. And then literally like three weeks later, her assistant quit. So she needed somebody to fill in. I wasn't doing anything. It was between tours. So I started working for her, just mm -hmm. kind of traveling around as, as her assistant. And I did that on and off. I mean, on and off over the last, I guess, eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of sporadically through there. And then last year, the timing was actually pretty great. It was about six months after my departure from Bliss. Uh, she reached out to me and she just said, hey, I, I really need somebody I, I can trust, mm. somebody that I like. Will you fill in on some of these dates? So I did. I was actually trying to keep a normal job here in, in Salt Lake City and kind of juggled the two. But then her schedule just kept adding and kept adding and kept adding and uh, kind of got to a point that she, she just offered me a full-time position mm. to just do whatever as an assistant tour manager, like pretty much everything. Um, and fast forward, what, 15 months now, I guess. Um, still there, still working my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> It's no rest. It's, uh, you're, you're never going to get off a tour bus, man. You're just going to be on a tour bus. And I know, I know man. I know. <laughs> Lately, it's it's been airports, which is, I mean, fine, I guess. But, you know, it, it's a much better situation to me, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not, I'm not fighting a machine. I'm right. not 
like in this instance, I'm, I'm literally taking care of a, a friend, you know, and, and helping assist with her business needs. And, and it's actually, it's, it's been a crazy ride. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, the, the timing of it all, I mean, there's uh, obviously she, she was in the news, uh, a lot. Um, there was a lot of, yeah. a lot of controversy surrounding her and, you know, the human being that is currently running the country. Um, into the ground. <laughs> just trying to keep it afloat over here, man. It's like just trying to keep brace myself for the flood. How do I say this? How do I say this gently? Where's the paddle? Oh, I got one. I got a Liney's paddle right behind me, so I'm good. But nice. you know, there obviously there was, you know, there's a lot I imagine that comes out of uh, and you've I think with the band, you know, you deal with um uh, with comments with uh with criticism, um, you know, but I imagine this is probably on a complete different level because people are fucking nasty. I mean, like whatever your either political views are or, you know, religious views or whatever you're into or against, like there, there seems to be a real lack of just common human decency, uh, especially when it involves social media. And when you have so many dynamic moving parts of, you know, an adult, adult film starlet, um, the president of the, nobody saw that cause it's, it's a podcast, but I just air quoted that. So <laughs> Dwayne saw it, Dwayne saw it and smiled. So I, I figured I better you know, make light of it. I air quoted, air quoted that. Um, so obviously you have some major components, uh, to this that you are probably more witness to than, you know, what we see on, on the news, if you're into watching the news, you know, right. But it, it seems like, um, she tolerates things really well. Like I, <laughs> she's got thick skin. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's dealt with this kind of stuff her entire life. And, uh, I don't know if you follow her on Twitter, but I mean, she's, she's pretty much the clapback queen when it comes to people, <laughs> reaching out and thinking that they're getting the best of her by calling her a whore, calling her whatever. I mean, she owns it, whatever, you know, but, um, you know, to be honest, she's, she's dealt with a lot. She's been through a lot. And in light of that, um, I think for me anyway, it kind of puts some perspective on things that I've been through mm -hmm. that I thought were just so bad because yeah. I mean, she's literally been through hell and, uh, she comes out smiling, you know? And how do, how do you, I mean, I, I'm you know, imagining this, uh, you know, having a friend, somebody that you, you care about that, you know, there's mutual trust and, and admiration for, you know, if I had somebody in my life who was taking on, um, with thick skin, taking on the, the criticism and, um, obviously there's, there's support too. I mean, it's, it's not, Oh, all, all there's a ton of support out there. Um, how do you handle, you know, being the friend, being the tour manager, being, you know, kind of the, the right-hand man of somebody who, you know, especially in the, the social media world and, and even from the biggest tweeter on, uh, on earth, uh, how do you, do you, do you have any struggles handling, like, like not feeling emotionally like, geez, like I'm going to go punch this asshole through the computer screen here. Like, do, do you have a hard it's, time holding back? Cause damn, I'd be like, yeah, what the fuck did you just say to her? I, I do, you yeah. know, I, honestly, it's, there's certain, there's certain lines that, that 
people are just willing to cross oh, yeah. because they're they're keyboard warriors. Mm. Uh, they sit at home and they you know they've got nothing better to do than to talk shit on somebody that they have no idea about. Right. But um, you know, there's some things that that kind of push you to a point where you want to you want to say something and you, but I mean, it, it does no good, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like these people are going to think what they think. There's no convincing anybody of anything any different. Um, we live in a society where everybody's just so strong willed and, and hard headed that nobody's willing to listen. Right. And everybody just thinks that they already know everything about everything. Nobody's willing to learn. Nobody's willing to admit that they don't know somebody uh, or that, you know, what their perception is could possibly be wrong so, you know, at first it was really hard, especially mm. kind of in the heat of everything that happened last year. Right. Um, now it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, we joke about it. She'll screenshot some really good ones and she'll send them to me. And she's just like, <laughs> look at this asshole. And it's, it's hilarious. You know, it's, I mean, some of the stuff is just like, wow, you're that ignorant, huh? And you just got to move on because there's nothing you can do. Right. There's nothing you can say. So it, you, you almost want to feed into it, you know, and make it like take away the satisfaction, like just own it. You know, they call mm. it, like they'll call her a whore and she'll, they think it's going to hurt her feelings. Right. So she, you know, she'll own it. She's like, you know what? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a really well paid whore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you and, see my diamonds, bitch. But Exactly. So it, it yeah. kind of takes away from that whole, uh, satisfaction right. that, that, they seem to get from talking shit. Yeah. We're in a weird, uh, uh, when you talk about the social media aspect of it, I think you talk about the political aspect of it, you know, the, and, and I think maybe we're not privy to what, like what the re, what it really looks like. Cause everything that we see here or, you know, ingest, uh, whether forcibly or by scrolling on social media is always, it's a, it's a hard line. Like we live in a, this hard line world of it's either you are with this or you're with that. You are, you, right. if you're, and if you were this, then you also get these 12 different things that you also have to believe in. And if you're with these people, well, then you're obviously way over here. It's, it's so like the viewpoint is that it's so down the middle and it's left and right. And, and then really what gets more highlighted is the extreme left and the extreme right. And we're like, like there, we may never have a good, clear indication of actually what the hell is happening in society. No, absolutely. A, in, in media, I've witnessed firsthand just how media can skew a, yeah. a situation. I mean, any anything out there, there's got there's always some truth and there's always some untruth. Hmm. Um, I mean, I've I've witnessed so many situations where where even reputable outlets will twist something just to get the story. Just, just to have the extra clicks, um, you know, it, it, it's hard to believe anything that's out there anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really disgusting at this point. It really is. You know, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's almost to the point where whatever your belief system happens to be, whatever you feel like hard and fast and steady on, you start going down the rabbit hole of click throughs and clickbait and and reading things and and you start to question then like wait a minute, like, no, wait, I thought I was firm in my beliefs on this. Why am I all of a sudden? Yeah. Because of one twist of a story. Um, and it's hopefully in the next year, things will start to untangle themselves and we'll have some sense of normalcy. And, um, 
but you know, with, with, with the new gig, um, you've been able to probably experience some things that maybe you didn't think like, Hey, I think I, I, again, stalking you on your social medias because it's the pretty filter of here's what we're yeah. doing. Uh, AVN awards and, uh, Kimmel, I think you guys were on. I mean, is it yeah. kind of, I don't want to say surreal, but you know, obviously you have to be present in those moments and be like, wow, this is, this is pretty neat. Just hanging out back here. It's, it's been, it's been pretty interesting. Like the, the first week that I jumped back on board, we did Saturday night live <laughs> in, in New York. So that was, that was interesting. Um, getting to do SNL with, uh, Donald Glover was actually the host mm -hmm. and he was the musical guest which was really neat. Um, and then getting to meet, uh, getting to meet Alec Baldwin mm -hmm. while he's doing his Trump impersonation. God, that was so fun. Oh man. Uh, uh we that. had, um, who else? Uh, why can't I think of names right now? Anyhow, it, it was just, it was absolutely just unreal. Yeah. It, it blew my mind, like sitting back there and just being like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> And then doing doing Kimmel, and we've done the View, mm -hmm. uh, like you said, AVN AVN Awards, XBiz Awards. We did an awards show, uh, Venus Awards in Berlin, Germany. Um, yeah, it's just been it's been interesting <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. It's yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like a a wild ride, you know. And I think you know when uh, when you look at all the the, the places that you've been. You know, the, the people that you've met, uh, scenery, uh, moments, do you ever get, do you get caught up much? You know, when you, do you have, I should say, do you have time much to reflect, you know, back on, you know, even starting in music, you know, your time with Royal Bliss, the success there, being on big stages, seeing some idols, you know, perform and, and now really traveling globally, uh, you know, with Stormy and just go, huh. Nice. I guess, yeah. uh, you know, my other career option of, you know, Dr. Dr. Dwayne Crawford, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that would have been one option, but this is, do you have pinch me moments? Do you go like, wow, this is, it's been a wild ride so far. I, I do. And you know, there's, there's one thing that I've, that I've learned at least over the last year. And I tried to remind myself of this, you know, being in bliss and being in a band, but just the older I get, I think it's easier to, kind of sit down and, and really just be thankful. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've, I've had some really interesting jobs. Um, I've been a very fortunate person to do something that I love mm -hmm. for a really long time. And I think moving forward, I think one thing that I learned from, again, from being in bliss, it's, it's recognizing and maybe being more honest with myself when I reach a point that I'm not happy doing what I do for a living. Right which I'm nowhere near, mm -hmm. uh, at this point, but, um, you know, it's life's about learning, yeah. you know, and, uh, while you can be in a really cool job and, and what looks really awesome, there's definitely times that, that you really just need to remind yourself that, that you're pretty fortunate, you know, you'll, you'll hit some, you'll hit some not so fun times on the road in any situation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Just, just remind yourself. <laughs> <laughs> do 
remind yourself, be, be grateful every day, wake yeah. up, give thanks. Uh, Absolutely. I do have to, I mean, I'm, I'm going to end with this. September 20th, are we going to storm Area 51 with the rest of the crazies to find out if there's alien, if there's aliens inside the <laughs> area? Have you seen this? I have, dude. And I, I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I feel like, like my inner musician wants to believe that if 500,000 people say they're going, that maybe a hundred are going to show up. <laughs> you got, I was going to say, you got to, you got to play the percentages here. <laughs> yeah. That's at least that's my experience in yeah. rock shows. 500,000 people will say they're coming to your show and maybe a hundred of them show up. Fucking Facebook. But, um, it's, it's man, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> this, this is not going to end well. Like you, 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 <laughs> like you know how this is going to, like numbers are great. And I, somebody had a meme out that I, I, I laughed at. It was like, you know, 500,000 jacked up and it was at Kevin's or whatever. So they have like dude and a wife beater, you know, just all like, you know, against Kyle's. Kyle's. It's Kyle's, Kyle's. Yes. See, I'm <laughs> off my memes. And then they have like, you know, military, uh, you know, government trained soldiers, you know, on the other side who wins. I'm like, you know, mm. you know, 500, if you know, half a million people show up, if half of them make it through, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they'll, they'll use some of that alien technology and just come up from behind, you know, never even know they're there. I, I feel like they're ready for it. I mean, it's all over the internet. <laughs> I say, I've I've actually seen government officials posting saying, "Do not do this. Yeah. This will not end well. The last person that tried this died." <laughs> there are signs. If you watch the the Bob Lazar documentary, there are signs outside of Area Fifty One that says, "We have it within our legal rights to shoot you should you pass this line." And it's a pretty clearly defined line. It's not like. <laughs> and there's and it's not like the line and then the buildings are right there you know it's like a line and then like eight miles you know like okay right. so you got it you got it eight yeah. miles man come on Jeez. there's eight miles for them to just pick off yeah. five hundred thousand people i i i trust them i feel like they can do it i have faith <laughs> so we'll, so no yeah i know no, we're I gonna not be there <laughs> we'll stay home and watch it on facebook live Absolutely. Some, Some asshole's going to have it on there. Oh, yeah. Look, we're doing it. Uh, <laughs> we're doing yeah. it. <laughs> Ooh, got him. Uh, hey, Dwayne, thank you so much for the time. Uh, appreciate it. Dude, thank uh, you. Great stories and, uh, and and learning about, you know, your new life. And, and it's good to see you, you know, being happy. It seems like you're in a good spot. For sure, man. For sure. We'll, we'll definitely have to talk. I've, I've got some dates in your area that I'd like to see you come out for. So, uh, let me check my schedule. <laughs> as long as it's not September yep. 20th, you know, I'm good because I got to be watching that <laughs> shit happen, man. It's going it's down. There. Fucking ET, man. ET's yep. coming home. Awesome, brother. Yeah, stay in touch. Let me know about the dates and uh, let's do this again sometime. For sure, brother. Thanks awesome. so much, man. Appreciate Take it, care. Man. You too. All right. See you, man. Bye. Bye.